day 1000 of the Lucasfilm Civil War. Heir to the Empire has been canceled. It won't happen now. Hi, I'm Jason Ward from BakingStarWars.net. <laughs> this, this ghosty guy. the Empire making inappropriate lewd jokes again? Mm-hmm. It, got, it got canceled? It was it was hairless to the Empire. Uh-oh. Um, yeah, not up here. You're going to get Filoni real happy. I know. <laughs> yeah. He, he likes that idea. No, um, yeah. we're going to talk about Indiana Jones uh, reviews here in just a, a moment. But first, we're going to hit the uh, story du jour. Uh, yesterday, me and me and the best been bulletin playing video games. And uh, he had the hot mic on. And uh, this is where the information comes with John Roca and Jeff Snyder, right? Oh, and then he also has another. I'm not. uh, Give him the hot mic. You don't know what the hot mic is. Yes, it's called the hot mic. What the fuck? Name it something else. Then name it what you want to call it. I got 25 minutes to be like. And and John Roca lives at six two eight Elm Street. It's called the hot mic with John Roca and Jeff Snyder. Mm -hmm. That's actually the name. yeah, well, I, I don't know. I'm just saying, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, you know, I want when they do making mic. Star Wars, I'm, I'm gonna read I make it. A, you know, I'm gonna read, right, I'm gonna right. read it in here, and you're like, oh, right. say, say John Roca, so he notices me and asks me to the dance. Um, huh? I already <laughs> met John Roca, like, I got photos I, with him, dude. Like, I already, did I already me, did that. Like, did he ask you to the dance? Huh? No, he did. He it's did. not gonna happen. He's not gonna give you a snap. <laughs> He did, but Jesse Plemons t- uh, asked me first, so I went with Jesse Plemons. <laughs> okay, so so Best uh, Bulletin wrote the article on this. Dave Filoni's Star Wars movies reportedly not titled Heir to the Empire. And so this right here, this this look at this ripped old guy's abs, though. Seriously. Mm. Like, oh, Ricardo Filoni, Maltaban. Right? Yeah, Filoni would have put that on film. And and look, look at this like medallion around his neck. Well, I wonder what's on it. Mm-hmm. Little, maybe a little R2-D2. He's like, I love R2-D2. Okay. And then you could give Bespin a coffee if you want to support him. If you read his website, like I do. Yeah. Or you can buy him a Fortnite skin. He'll say he'll say yes to the money, no to the Fortnite skin. But he needs the Fortnite skins. He doesn't have Padme yet. For, Fortnite skin, not foreskin. <laughs> foreskin. What? Foreskin. Okay, foreskin. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Earlier this week, online rumors began spreading <laughs> that Dave Filoni's upcoming movie, a movie that's set to act as a crossover event for multiple Star Wars movies he's produced in recent years, including The Mandalorian, Ahsoka, oh. and more, was titled Heir to the Empire. In the Ahsoka teaser trailer, which released last month, the titular, he's spreading, he's titulating, uh, can be heard calling Grand Admiral Thrawn the heir to the Empire, which at the time sit tongues wagging, and fans and outlets began speculating that Filoni's movie could sport that title and that the film itself could be a loose adaptation or at least inspired by the novel of the name that was released in 1991. So, I'm going to say, okay, if you're unfamiliar with Heir to the Empire... There's a storm. Desert Storm. Desert Storm. N- Never mind. Uh, uh, if you're unfamiliar with Heir to the Empire, it was a novel written by Timothy Zan Solo and is the first installment of a trilogy which had been dubbed the Thrawn Trilogy due to the trilogy introducing the cunning villain Grand Emerald Thrawn, 
who made his way into canon in the Star Wars Rebels animated series and will feature as the villain in the Ahsoka series and Mandoverse crossover movie. Heir to the Empire is one of the most iconic and beloved Star Wars Legends novels, as is the Thrawn trilogy itself. Honestly, the second two aren't as good. With um, Empire selling over 15 million copies worldwide, Heir to the Empire is set five years after Star Wars Return of the Jedi. The Imperial Remnant is being controlled by Grand Admiral Thrawn from thousands of light years away. Reading um, what re reading what remains of the Empire for war against the fragile heart of the New Republic. He, he got a little poetic on that one, didn't he? At the end there, he's like, you could tell yeah. he, was get, he was he was really kind of like getting into his. Flow. I mean, he writes these by hands in his trapper keeper. So he actually he actually writes them on his on his phone. Classic like millennial kid, right? Or whatever. Uh, is he a millennial? Thumb. Is 26 millennial or is he something? Is he Gen Z? I can't remember how that show works anymore. He's Gen Z. Because you have yeah, to graduate like around 2000 to be a millennial, man. You're going to say he didn't graduate. <laughs> um, ah. ramp rampant rumors that Dave Filoni's crossover movie could sport the heir to the Empire title. A reputable insider and journalist is claiming that this is not the case. Jeff Snyder, one half of the Hot Mike podcast and editor in chief of Line, took to his podcast. Jeff Snyder, not Jeb. <laughs> it's so like I said, Jeb Snyder. Jeb Snyder. <laughs> Hi, I'm Jeb Snyder, and I'm here to tell you that it, this movie is called uh, One Fishing Expedition in Space. One half of the Hot Mike podcast. And then look, look, I was trying to give him all of the citations that I was going to do when I read it. And then you're like, no. Mm -hmm. You're like, no. Rob's mm -hmm. like, no. Don't give it to him now. Rob like giveth. Said. Rob taketh. Um, okay. true. Read the Mike. comments if you ever want to see me do it. Like. <laughs> I just see you fighting with people who watch our show, and I'm like, ah. I don't Anyways, fight. I know. <laughs> Not really, I but. finish it. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> the Hot Mike Podcast, editor-in-chief of the Above the Line, took to his podcast this week. I like when it's like he took to it. He's like, he stood. He's like, I gotta fucking set the record straight. And he like gets on there, take it to the podcast. I'm taking it to the streets. He's, like, he's man spread on a couch for an hour. <laughs> <you know>? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do like when he gets all the super, super stoned on his show and just like, yeah, man, fucking, yeah, dude, they're going to make a thing and fucking Zach Braff's in it or something. I don't know. All right. Snyder was the first to break that Dave Filoni was directing a Star Wars movie and that the news would be announced at Star Wars Celebration 2023. Which it was. Yeah, he it he was. he he got that one. Um, Snyder has also been, and, and this is Jeff Snyder, not not Jeb Snyder. Jeb Snyder, right? He he got syphilis. He's dying. No, uh, stop. Snyder has also been a strong source for news of the Damon Lindelof written Star Wars movie, which is now being helmed by Stephen Knight, and we'll see Ray Skywalker building a new Jedi Order. Snyder was the first to report. That Lindelof was writing a Star Wars in March of last year it was also to the first to report that Lindelof had exited the project two months ago. So, in the latest episode of the Hot Mike, oh, and there's his coffee if you want to board him. Um, Hot Mike, a viewer asked if he'd heard anything new regarding the upcoming Star Wars projects. Oh, yeah, if you want to support this show, you can become a channel member and all that. I appreciate that. Um, with the Hot Mike co host chiming in and asking, I forgot, I, I need money too. I got. I get hungry sometimes. <laughs> you know, I'm I might be a little fat, but I get hungry. All right. Anyways, um, in Fortnite skins aren't buying themselves. Jay. Not this month, man. It's like fucking. I'm like a hundred bucks on that bullshit this month. Shit. Yeah. 
There's your Zelda money. Gotta keep the lights on, though. All right. Uh, Snyder shut down the rumor without hesitation, telling his co-hosts and viewers straight that according to his reliable Disney sources, Dave Filoni's Star Wars movie is not titled Heir to the Empire. And, yeah. I, I... Dare to the Empire. Oh, shit. Dare, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I dare you. Ooh, it's it's actually a two-hour staring contest called Stare to the Empire. <laughs> General Thrawn's Spin like, the Boba. It's called yeah, spin the boba, dude. Spin the boba? Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know I mean. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Boba's just a little tiny spinner in this one. You could just take him wherever you want. Okay, okay. So he's got a little rocket pack for brace spinner. to brace himself. All right. Okay. It's 1998's I'm... porn. <laughs> so, hey, you might have left it, but I didn't. This 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 uniform, this ain't a uniform. This is a, a way of life. Okay, okay, I've All just right. got this in. This is just in. No, no, no. The answer. I'm hearing that it's not called Heir to the Empire. It's not true. Jeff Snyder by the hot mic. So Dave Filoni's Mandoverse crossover movie is still a few years away with the Hollywood reporter previously revealing that the Lucasfilm and Disney, that the Lucasfilm and the Disney are looking to release Flick in December 2026. Still don't really believe that, to be honest with you. But this is this. I'm gonna uh, start using the Disney, by the way. The like Disney. <laughs> I like that. Mm-hmm. That's something my dad would have done back in the day. You know, yeah. you know that he called it Latendo because for some reason he couldn't pronounce ends. Yeah, I know. Really? And I would correct him, and boy, did I get in trouble for that one. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah, that one kind on the fucking box, but all right. I'm gonna say when somebody's going that far off incorrect, I think he's got to give it to him because. But they Jason, can't. if 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 I'm if I'm being told to get good grades in spelling and my own mm-hmm. dad refuses to pronounce words correctly, well, what does that say? Rob, I'm gonna we're gonna say this to you once. So do as I say, and not as I do. Okay, thanks, Jason. Okay, uh, that's probably what he would say, though. Maybe um, he did. I I have nothing yeah. to add to that. <laughs> yeah, that's probably. <laughs> I feel like he... I was put in my place. <laughs> yeah, they they really they 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 really thought thought they they like had that you know. And then I would just be like, you say stupid shit. And then I'd start getting slapped. But anyways, uh, but the timeline oh, was dependent on the <laughs> fourth yeah, yeah, on the fourth <laughs> season of The Mandalorian and a possible second season of Ahsoka, which had not been greenlit and likely wouldn't be until the first season, season of the show was released. Likely to see if the show is successful enough to invest in a second season. However, this week it was revealed that Lucasfilm are delaying production on The Mandalorian Season 4 due to the ongoing Writers Guild of America strike. The fourth season was due to start filming later in September of this year, but would be delayed to an to an unknown time. Given how Mando 4 and, the timetable, and, and its timetable is important to the Filoni crossover movie's release, there's a chance that The Mandalorian's production delay could have a knock-on effect on both the possible second season of Ahsoka and subsequently Dave Filoni's movie which could result in a release uh, date delay. So, mm-hmm. and then you could follow his Bob podcast and all his socials here on his website, bestmanbulletin.com. But um, yeah, so like I, I've, um, and that was um, my time to shine. Hello. Were the, was the releaser of the rumor that he is saying is incorrect. And I went to pull that tweet up for this show just to be like, you know, they could they could still be if you're holding on to dear life about this one being true. Like I said, I had people from the trades come and tell me I was wrong about Pedro Pascal being the Mandalorian. I wasn't. That's, so that's right. It happens. It happens. So, but um, my time to shine deleted the tweet 
And uh, so I don't know if that's just because they uh, really respect um, Snyder's opinion or they're like, oh, I must be wrong or I am wrong or they know they were wrong or what. I don't know. I could I can only guess. And you could your guess is as good as mine. But that delete that tweet is now deleted. So. So there we go. We're back to where we all knew we we were going to (laughs) be. When you really get down to it. Damn, damn. I mean, we when you watch our show where we, where we like like really dive into it, we break it down, and I just am constantly like, there's every reason for this not to be true. You know, I was I was really citing on it not being true, and if it was, it was batshit insane. But sometimes they get batshit insane, so I was like, well, let, let's play with it because ain't nothing going to be happening anytime soon um, in Hollywood. Acid Truth says admission of guilt now for some NFTs to cover it up. Oh wait! You think, the, do they, you think they're going to call it the the magnificent the magnificent Mandos? The you magnificent. I mean? like, what else? Right. Name, but what? Right. Hmm. Yeah. 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 Uh, five ten to the Yaddle? No. Okay. All right. A little too on the nose there, I think. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. So uh, let's look at some Indiana Jones. Um, Paper <laughs> because. You guys are being fucking brutal. It's all my time to clout chase. But um, you know, I don't but what once again though, if, if it ends up be if they end up being right in the big picture, Sam, you gotta come, you gotta say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, it was your time to shine. So, anyways, uh said that Captain Rex was going to be in Mando season two. Oh, really? Yeah, it happens. All right, so um Mando season two. <laughs> share this time instead <laughs> yeah yeah keep keep pulling on to that one you know? mm-hmm. matt mando season two all the way back then but yeah i i don't i don't follow people's track records too closely to be honest with you i'm i you know i take the uh the uh, john lennon um kind of approach and like i only believe in me and yoko and uh bestman's my yoko so <laughs> so i'm just gonna put it, leave it at that um indiana jones I'm and like, the dial mm-hmm. i'm like your i'm like your ringo i just fart just like, <laughs> yeah you are a farty hey, ringo. i farted yeah <laughs> favorite fucking part of that dot get back documentary when he goes i faulted yeah you just <laughs> just just take that uh so good, dude. what's that what, what's that thing called that you use that's like magic screen from Wee's playhouse oh it's the, the, the you're like cinna what's it called like a cinna cinna Cinefastique, that thing that you draw on. Yeah, she had like that extra sketch that would come out. Yeah, yeah. What is yours called though? Like, what is yours called? Oh, Cintiq. Cintiq. Yeah. So, like, your Cintiq is just like your your fucking drum set. If we just change it over, then it's just like the same thing. You're just there behind the kit, all the time, like <laughs> waiting yeah. to waiting to a drum. All right, Indiana yeah, Jones. I'm waiting for you and you, you I'm waiting for <laughs> fucking John and fucking Paul to do something. Mm-hmm. Right, and then who's well? Who's? I guess as a true would be George, right? Because as a true, right? He he he. As as a true, as a true has some 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 George vibes. I, I think he is going to grow that hair like super long and just like kind of drop out of society at one point, and then has return on more than Spreezy. So right, has he? Yeah, I, I'm going to let yeah, Spreezy be too. our be our Brian Epstein. I'll let Spreezy be our Brian Epstein. Is he that, that guy with the the anvil? Like he's playing the anvil? Like <laughs> <laughs> no, he's the one who. No, he's 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 the, the the manager who after after he dies they stop doing tours and stuff. 
but I don't want Sprizy to die. I'm just saying. No. I was just um, no, 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 no. I want <laughs> to play tennis. Oh. Play tennis? Or I like when he got a job as a train conductor, but quick because he was he was afraid to kill people. All, all I know is <laughs> that's true. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. Joking, like, yeah. They're like, they're like, you're gonna run people over. And he's like, I don't want to run people over. Well, they're all you will eventually. He's like, I'm not gonna do that. Back to tennis. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what a what a life. Yeah. yeah. I mean, on the on the flip side of it, Spreezy, when a loving father and devoted husband hires you to teach his wife tennis, and then you steal her. In some ways, you hit him with the truck, Spreezy. In some ways, you hit him with the truck or with the train. No, he doesn't do that. But that's that's the trope, the tennis instructor. Um, okay, okay. Right. So this Kato is from Kato Caitlin. This is from Rolling Stone. So I figured we would go with like one of the more classics one of the um one of the one of the reviews that reviews we are these are these are the Indiana jones we're looking at those we're gonna look at a couple of those all right we got dun dun time oh demonetized right damn it damn that fucking algorithm laser eyes on your featured images laser eyes yay it's time to get sued here comes the disney to sue right <laughs> and J- john williams is writing this shit down he's like i don't know how they do it but they fucking this done is it. really good stuff Hold yeah on. write it down right. <laughs> all right <laughs> rollingstone.com indiana jones and the dial of destiny does harrison ford's indie dirty i didn't even see that headline um premiering at 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 kness that's the uh can nintendo entertainment system festival i believe um Harrison Ford's latest indie adventure brings some thrills, a few, a few chills, and a whole lot of fan service and visual effects. By David Fear. That's a pretty fucking badass name, though. I don't want a bad yeah, review by, by David Fear. You know? Mm-hmm. All right. Maybe when he dies, he'll like he'll like beat the um, what do you call it? The uh, Grim Reaper, and then he could people say don't do the Reaper. Never mind. Dad joke. I can't help myself. All right, Indiana Jones has fought a lot of on-screen villains, Nazis, assassins, evil high priests, corrupt rich douchebags, Kate Blanchett, Kate Blanchett's hair. Yeah, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, the fifth movie to feature Harrison Ford's globe-trotting, snake-hating, whip-cracking, fedora-rocking, archaeological professor pits our man Indy against the single greatest nemesis he's ever faced. Time. Ah. Uh, oh, there's a ton of Nazis here too. Trust us. Ditto some shady government agents, a racist redneck, a thug roughly the size of a width of a of a redwood, a Moroccan kingpin with a scimitar, and your usual assorted thugs. Holy fucking sell like Robert Meyer Burnett's channel, dude. Like oh what? Uh-oh. what? <laughs> what? <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was gonna say. I was gonna say I, I can't wait for um, some of those uh, guys in like Alabama to be like, "How dare they tr- treat this redneck like that on screen? What the fuck, Indiana Jones? I thought you were our brother." Nope. Um, but the la- latest chapter of Steven Spielberg's throwback adventure is centered around the idea that everyone, even the good guys we grew up worshiping and the movie stars who played them, can't win the fight against the passing of the years. Doesn't matter. Feel that. Hey, 
Rolling Stone. I can't fucking read because you want me to like buy into your fucking thing. Okay. All right. Anyways, uh, blah, 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 blah. And he's a single greatest emphasis is time. So, all right. It doesn't matter if you digitally um, de-age and deep as courtesy of a prologue that channels original indie trilogy as best it possibly can. If we're lucky, they simply battle it to a draw. That, and they've just kept themselves in such great shape that anyone would think they were half their current age. Ford was already in his late 30s when he first slipped into the weather leather jacket and out ran a boulder. That was 1981, do the math. Still, you either die an intellectual property hero trapped in amber, or you live long enough to see yourself riding a fake horse against the green screen. Fan uh, service. Subway back Fan service. For, um, when most of your peers have slowed down. Mm-hmm. Dial of Destiny does eventually lean heavy into the concept of a beloved man of action in his autumn years, showing us an Indiana Jones who has trouble getting out of bed and yells at hippie kids to turn down their magical mystery tour album. The world has moved on from the sort of swashbuckling, daring do in um, distant jungles and exotic lands. Who cares about ancient artifacts excavated from the earth when men have just landed on the moon? So, like, this is supposed to be telling me it's bad, but it's talking me into it. But first, we're whisked back to 1944. A guy in a German military uniform is being led to an interrogation room as bombs are being dropped all over Berlin. The bag over his head is lifted in viola. There's Indiana Jones looking as if he's just watched are the Ark of the Covenant. The whole movie? Or he's going to get the review? Like, mm-hmm. I, I, let's not spoil mm-hmm. the whole movie. Like, let's not spoil the whole movie. Do you really think I Rolling Stone? Write a review. I really yeah. hate when they write a review and they just walk you through the whole fucking episode. It's not a review. You know that, that, it's, not, it's not going to do that. It's not going to do that. This is Rolling they Stone. It's fucking... It's a it's a it's a it's a corporate ma- no it's a corporate magazine it's gonna it's gonna suck on the dick a little bit it's gonna suck the balls of Mickey Mouse it's not gonna do anything like that I wish it would I would actually really read it, if it on the show if they did but they're not going to they're just gonna tell us how like what the vibe is there's Indiana Jones looking as if he just if he just watched the Ark of the Covenant take out a bunch of vintage no good nicks mere hours before the archaeologist is. After the lance of Longinus, Longinus, I don't know, sounds like some butt stuff, the spear that pierced the side of Christ and has been liberated by a Nazi colonel who believes it's got magical powers. Longinus, 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 what the fuck is that? That's not a word, damn it. Uh, All right. Um, Jones clocks it as a fake. So does Professor um, Jürgen Waller. I think that's Jürgen, I'm guessing, but Waller. They both know that there's there's something else in the batch of stolen goods that is a big deal. However, the Antikythera, a.k.a. Archimedes' dial, or half of it at least. Whoever nabs this and finds the other half may determine who wins the war. So that's the premise that they fucking refuse to put in every fucking trailer during the Super Bowl that they spend a lot of money on. And um, and so now we get to learn it in Rolling Stone and the negative review. Good job, Lucasfilm and Disney. Your fucking forward thinking is nonstop. You guys are the future of cinema. And you're proving it. All right. 
There's an undeniable rush to seeing Raiders era Jones Ford replicated so faithfully and done in a way that keeps skirting the edge of the uncanny valley, yet never seems to plummet into it. Director James Mangold has taken over the reins from Steven Spielberg, and he's clearly studied the master's playbook as if it were a holy scroll. The Logan director has coordinated a series of interlocking set pieces, featuring CG Indy escaping exploding buildings, leaping from cars onto speeding motorcycles, and running across train tops to the sound of John Williams' iconic franchise theme. With all the precision of a massive game of mousetrap, the help of the editing trio Andrew um, Buckland, Michael McCusker, and Dick Westervelt to achieve this minor miracle can't be overstated. It's like watching the cinematic equivalent of the world's greatest Beatles cover band do hits down to the last I like note. The tempo. And is undeniable <laughs> a blast. And then uh, Dread Zeppelin, bro. And then like a giant boulder unleashed from its underground perch, everything rapidly rolls downhill from there. So see, like like for the record, like I've read a couple of other reviews, and I almost get like Sometimes I get the impression, I'm curious if when I see the movie, if this is what it is, that the first stuff feels so familiar that when it finally does something new, that's when it kind of gets rejected because it was giving you what you wanted, what you thought it was, what you know it as. And then when it needed to be something new, it says being something new the whole time. So I'm curious if that flashback that we're all going to love is a curse or not. It might could go either way. I feel like we're going to be in Temple of Doom territory where people are like, it's not really a sequel to Raiders. It's, you know, it's, it's mm-hmm. very different. Like, but it still has indie in it, you know? Yeah. I mean, when you get down to it, like the theme of it, of like, you're all going to fucking die someday. Yeah. Um, isn't necessarily a feel good popcorn concept, is it? You know, not, not in a, in a world where everybody's like on Instagram trying to pretend that they still look like they have the skin from when they were a teenager you know uh now it's 1969 and jones is being forced out to pasture by his hunter college bosses a young woman approaches him asking a lot of questions about the archimedes dial she's helena shaw phoebe waller bridge indy's goddaughter her dad basil um toby jones was with jones when that stolen half of the dial was lost back in 44 she thinks she's located its current whereabouts. However, or moreover, Helena has a good idea where the second half is as well. Meanwhile, Voller, now going by Dr. Schmidt and designing rockets for America, because of course, he didn't hey, pick a German name to hide his German name. <laughs> I am Dr. Schmidt. Is also looking yeah. for uh, for info on on an, on the artifact. Yeah, like instead of like Hold von Braun, on. like I'm Dr. Brown. What was uh, Lucas's original name for Indiana? Was it Indiana Smith? I think it was. Um, I think it was Indiana I think, Smith. I think it was Terry. No, I think it really was Indiana Smith. And then Indiana Smith, you are you are correct. On the beach with the sandcastles, you, remember? You 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 are you are correct. Yeah, Schmidt, Indiana Smith 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 Smith. Schmidt. Right? No, it's it's Smith. Yeah, it wasn't Schmidt. You no fucking Nazi dude. We're talking about. Would have been funny if he went with Smith, you know, like just yeah, pretty close. Yeah. Um, So, anyways, along along, uh, oh yeah. So Voller Schmidt is designing rockets for America because, of course, he's also looking for the artifact, along with CIA operatives and an and an acolyte from Alabama, Boyd Holbrook. 
he's determined to find out what Helena knows. So is 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 Boyd Holbrook the fucking redneck from Alabama? It must be. Don't stop believing. You right? sister fucking Alabamians. All right. The reason everyone is after the dial is because once the two halves are joined, it's no longer just a golden ancient what's it? It's a time machine. So did you do you remember back in the um like when one of the first indie episodes we ever did, we did a whole thing on the Antikythera machine because we were like, yes. it's probably that. <laughs> it's probably that yeah, because like there's no other fucking thing to, like it don't make any sense dude like we had that do... the spear of destiny was our other one that i think we yeah. did we did those two and i think in, in that episode but yeah and and i'm gonna be honest i think that that might have hurt our chances of getting that spoiler Honestly, because when, because no, but, but because we had it no, no one was like well i'm gonna set them straight <laughs> they were just like yeah they, they kind of they figured it out yeah, so. I, had a, I have a. I mean, like, it's some people were critiquing my whole Infernal Machine fucking like take on the title, and I'm like, look, I don't give a fuck what it's called, but calling it the Dial of Destiny, <laughs> it's just not a good final name. I don't care what yeah. you say. Like, it, this is no, not- I yeah, I, I I don't I don't like it either. It doesn't um, it doesn't really have very much um intrigue to me. Like, I would rather something of time, you know, probably, but. Whoa, maybe we'll maybe we'll learn what the alternate titles were, and I bet you there's some good ones, but probably not as marketable. They 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 found out or something. Um, movies can be time machines too, of course. Something that Spielberg and George Lucas know all too well when they hashed out what would become Raiders of the Lost Ark during a vacation in Hawaii. They were trying to bring back the giddiness they felt as kids, watching old 1930s serials filled with cliffhangers and narrow escapes and ended up setting the tone for the 1980s blockbusters. Dial of Destiny transports viewers back to the dying days of World War II, and the times, they are a change in, late 60s. A protest against the Vietnam War becomes a plot device, which which we saw that, remember? We saw like that that filmed, and um, Indy uses the crowd to escape, and uses the, 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 peace, sign, the peace signs to fight. <laughs> but anyways, but what it really wants to do is drop you back into 1981, when seeing Harrison Ford pull himself over under and through a moving truck felt like you were injecting 10 cc's of pure uncut excitement right into your jugular. That sounds like we're sucking a big ass uncircumcised dick in that sentence. Um, Mangold is chasing after a treasure just as much Jones, Shaw, and Voller are. Though he isn't a millennia old doohickey that can locate fissures in the space time continuum. You want to hear me out here? No. Huh? Right? Just a quick thought. I know yeah. people are going to fucking hate this, but I figured if they're going to say this is the last one, right? Rat last Indiana Jones. Why don't they just call it the Raiders of time? Like just reinvoke the Raiders bit, you know, like you could yeah. do that, right? You could get away with it. Eh, you know, you get away with it. I think you could. I, I, I don't, I, I, I don't want these fucking clowns doing good movies or what, or bad movies. Just being like, what's the other thing? Um, Return of the Sith and that kind of shit. Like, I fucking hate it. Come up with a fucking just straight up unique ass title. Yeah, yeah. Like, like right. no, I'm, no, no. I'm saying R- Return of the Sith would be that like exact kind of thing. And then that that's what they all that's what always gets like thrown out. That's what they always like try to do. What sounds like a title we've already done or something, or what sounds like something we sh- we should be doing. That's what the titles felt like to me on the on the last Star Wars movies. 
what do the titles like what 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 do people think we should be doing let's do that as opposed to like you know fucking cool titles um that that's that's my one of my biggest critiques of the fucking disney era of star wars the film titles all suck what about Indiana star wars Jones stories star wars time. stories Wait. star wars stories sucks calling it the mandalorian is fucking just baseline all right but then calling the next show Ahsoka and and fucking everything up to their first name because you because somebody at Marvel knows how to sell stuff when it's called Captain America and when it's called Iron Man and do you think you could apply that like across the board like they're all they're you're doing it fucking wrong you just you just are it, it's it's lazy and it's stupid but um what's interesting here is there's a little bit of a, a thing about the Antikythera device here. So that says that it can locate fissures in the space-time continuum. So that means they apparently can't just like turn the dial and then, oh, now I'm in 1955. Look at my parents at the prom. Like they you can't Marty McFly shit, I guess. They maybe I guess the dial locates where these spots are geographically, and then you go to them. And then you uh-huh. I think that's what it a doohickey that can locate fissures in the space-time continuum. That's what it makes me think it is. It's the exact gosh, all sense of wonder and awe you got watching the first Indiana Jones adventure. He's a raider of a lost art form. That remembrance of Saturday matinees past is there, but for a bit in Indiana Jones and the dial of destiny. Sorry. That remembrance of Saturday mat- Saturday matinees past is there for a bit in Indiana Jones and Dial Destiny. So it's just there a little bit until it very much isn't. And you're largely left with what you'd imagine you get if you programmed a 21st century AI program to write up nostalgia bait for the children of the late 20th century. It's not all bad. There are scattered moments of wit and old school Hollywood blockbuster pleasure here and there. The rapport between the odd coupling of Ford and Waller Bridge occasionally gives the movie an off-kilter screwball jolt. Mickelson does for screen Nazis what he did for Bond villains. The de-aging looks way better than the rest of the VFX. Exactly zero characters survive a nuclear blast by hiding out in a refrigerator. <laughs> Should thanks, thanks, Back to the Future. Yeah. Should I mean I fucking like it. Uh, should you try to escape the the creeping sensation of familiar face cameos and callbacks? Easter eggs? Why'd it have to be Easter eggs? Showing up at the expense of untangling plot complications or connecting the dots between chase scenes? However, you may find yourself wondering why all this business feels so um, frenetic without feeling like it's that fun. Maybe because you saw it in fucking cons with a bunch of douchebags, maybe. Um, but there are cons. needs be- cons. There are needs being met here, but they aren't storytelling based so much as stoking the fan base and meeting the bottom line ones. Ford still has the fortitude to play the part, but just having him show up to crack whips and crack wise in the name of bringing back that old indie thrills, um, spills, chills, magic isn't enough of an excuse to have him dome the fedora for one last time. Things are moving, things move forward, one character tells Jones, and sometimes they move backward. Sometimes you may have turned the dial a little too much on the latter side this time around. So, it doesn't sound like this person had very, very much fun seeing it. You know? 
and um and it, you know it's i'm going to assume it's their their like you know honest opinion i'm not gonna they're lying you know um <laughs> i'm not gonna say that but it's like uh because there are, are things about it that I have sensed, like when we see Sala in the trailer, I'm like, it doesn't appear that Sala is very important in it. It just seems nah, like he's it there. Seems like a cameo. Yeah. yeah. And and like so that kind of stuff. Don't really necessarily um need that kind of stuff. You know, I would I I, I would rather um it pertain to the uh like story itself. But here's the whole thing though. If you if you want to be an apologist, which I, I'm I'm somebody I got to see it myself before I know like before I believe anything that this, they, these reviews say or that I take them to heart. But like the indie movies aren't necessarily structured super well uh, because they are no. um, right. But 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 that's by design. And right. so I, I'm curious if if we have a, a scenario here where a bunch of, I, I am just going to guess, 50-year-olds are reviewing movies from their childhood and they're seeing them more structurally for what they are and critiquing them like in this very serious way. Um, and well, it's like, would they, would they have given a similar review to any of them? And I'm also going to say, if you talk shit, like, like, you know, they like to like talk shit about the other fucking movies. This one didn't do too bad. It just like did the low hanging. I'm going to hit shit on four because I know people won't get mad at me thing. But when they talk shit about the other ones, like the, the, the original, like three movies, especially like if, if you talk shit on any of those, you do like kind of nullify. Uh, and, I, and when I say talk shit, I don't mean like you're just critical, like from like a film historian perspective or looking at it for what it is kind of thing. But like, if you don't love it, I'm not going to think you're going to like any of the, you're not going to like it. This one, especially if you hate last crusade, no shit after Last Crusade is ever going to make you happy. Like after, you know what I mean? Like because like we're so post the original vibe, right? right? Oh yeah, Sam, Sam, um, then Sam's all when Jason's show ends, I give him a five minute standing ovation every time. Yeah, it's a weak one though, right? <laughs> and, and I was laughing at that because I was like, they are such douchebags that they fucking stand up and give a fake five minute standing ovation. And hey, you have now, to read into on. it. At least like, that's French, crazy. At least, at least the French appreciate the arts in the way we appreciate guns and football. All right. I don't appreciate guns. I don't appreciate football. And I don't appreciate the, the French's phoniness to, to stand up and clap for something uh, that yeah, they don't uh, like. Now, now, if they were clapping them ass cheeks, that's a different. That's, that's a different. I'll always game. side over. Over, over, be over politeness to American, like. The problem with the way we see things is it tends to fall into like apathy and then that breeds into nihilism. You'll see this in the comments where someone will go, you know, Rob, this sort of thing really wasn't that great or it's not true. And then when I counteract it, they go, well, you know, everything sucks and then everything's bad. It all sucks. It's a terrible. Like they always go down that path every fucking time, bro. Yeah. You know, like every time. And you're like, well, that's not the point. Yeah. So to, to I that. get what you mean. The mm -hmm. problem is when we see someone clapping for something, we go, well, that must mean it's great. It's like, no, other societies just are just polite, you know, like over politeness to an extent. We yeah. are like, why, what did the penguin say? Why does everyone always bring tomatoes? Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. I, and, and no, I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't agree with, um, like I always say, if, if you don't like something, leave it alone. Like, 
you don't have to clap for it. Pretend like you like it. If you don't, that's stupid. But it, it, and it's also stupid to like, to like, to like go, you know, to to a cheerily somebody else's movies. You know, like, yeah, I mean, I, I understand that. I understand spirit of the fucking. If, if if we're talking like indie films that are coming out, people that got a movie made by the grace of God, cool. But when it's a fucking Disney movie, that's when you're gonna like. That's when you're gonna give it that like, same thing. Let me give you an that's example. Crazy. You know, like when. Like at the end of like a Japanese soccer match or something, they'll go out and or like at the end of a soccer match, they'll go out and shake each other's hands. Like they go on the field and they shake each other's hands afterward. Mm-hmm. You don't then hear the review. Everyone shook their hands for three minutes, which meant it was the greatest game of all time. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like, no, that's just a formality. Like, yeah, you know, and this this actually stems sadly from those uh batman versus superman early reviews remember when it was like there was a standing ovation which meant that it was going to be the greatest film of all time and it was going to make three billion fucking dollars <laughs> i mean people were saying that bro like that mm-hmm. yeah you know, i mean we know how that movie turned out so did anybody stand up and clap at the end of an indiana jones film like when it, at a premiere like i don't know you know like yeah i mean and i remember specifically with that first film you know raiders my older uncles were like this is like the stuff my i watched when i was a kid because they're you know my grandfather would take them to the some of those serials and shit still played especially on the naval bases like Mm -hmm. when they were stationed at treasure island and shit they would go and they'd still be playing republic serials like on matinees to drop your kids off and shit you know they had like penny they had penny uh dispenser like you put a penny in and get like candies you know like pennies my mm-hmm. mom was like these things are too expensive why don't they call why don't they cost pennies like, what, what world do you live in like pennies <laughs> nothing costs a penny in 1980 fucking three dude like so when people say indiana jones is living off nostalgia i'm like the whole fucking point is nostalgia that that literally <laughs> is the point like it made it was nostalgic for lucas and them to be doing this but the, the difference though <laughs> is and this is what i want to bring up like when I was talking about, uh, we were talking about Akira Kurosawa, right? And like how, how Filoni and these guys will invoke Miyazaki or Kurosawa, but I feel like they invoke an aesthetic. They don't really invoke the intent. And Kurosawa Mm -hmm. would say when he was making Samurai, when he made Seven Samurai, he was trying to invoke the Samurai films that were being made in Japan, but those were being made very lighthearted and sort of fun, adventurous, right? He yeah. wanted to have that, but he wanted it to also be done in a serious manner. So it had the fun, but it had a seriousness to it that the others didn't. It was taking it seriously, not as a goof, but yeah. it could still have the adventure. And I feel like that's what Lucas was striving with Star Wars, you know, specifically the first two. And then and Indiana Jones, too, like it, it, Indiana Jones as well, mm-hmm. in that it was invoking the adventure, but it was taking it serious. It wasn't like making, it wasn't a goof, right? It was having yeah. fun, but not making fun. So, like, yeah. I think that that's that's the way to always look at it, you know. Like, like it's it's invoking nostalgia, but it's taking it serious as opposed to being, you know, like uh, uh, member berries. You know, I I, I call I, I um I call Will Morgan Alabama's best because I I I think every time I make fun of Alabama, Will's like, hey, he's so, right anyways. on. Um, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm with you, Tyrant. I mean, in, in my little black heart, um, is Dial of Destiny going to be the indie equivalent of, uh, ROS or wasn't that already Crystal Skull? If we're being real, as long as this is as good as Temple of Doom, it's a win in my own, 
in my own opinion. Yeah. And I, I mean, as far as I'm I'm concerned, if it's as good as anything Spielberg did in any way, then that's a win, you know. Excuse me. Uh got a burp. But um it, it's gonna end up being like a, a really fun watch in the uh, theater, right? But is it going to be an Indiana Jones movie that we want to watch, you know, in, in two years or five years that that remains to be seen because like, you know, I still watch crystal skull. So it's like, I think that this is probably going to work for me. This, this is probably kind of designed for the people that gave crystal skull that $850 million. This is probably you're, going you're, to You're saying you're the reason Shia LaBeouf still gets a penny residual check every three months. Like, <laughs> I mean, somebody's got to take care of those dogs, you know. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, sorry, I'm kidding. It is actually really, it's really disgusting. Um, but uh, yeah. So, anyways, I I, I just feel like uh, you know, it, it's probably for for me going to be like like a, a a win. But I also feel like Indiana Jones is so big as is Star Wars, where it does oftentimes like if you want to be taken as a real you know high and mighty critic you have to be really hard on indiana jones because it is literally like the, the fucking popcorn it's the mcdonald's it's not the fucking steak of a film it's a fucking big mac and um but and that's an analogy that uh bespin i think is used before and uh i'm stealing it i think but we also live in a world where right now fast and the furious 10 has better reviews than indiana jones that's fucking i know that's fucking brain dead i like the fast and the furious films i haven't seen them all but I, they're they're good dumb fun but i mean imagine like you know this movie that has you know that's really really well done just isn't well done well enough for me because you know i'm me but fast and the furious i'll give it a i'll give it a good eight it's like you're fucking high but anyways harrison ford returns as the man in the hat along with the franchise newscomers, Philip Phoebe Waller-Bridge and Mads Mikkelsen. So this is by Jermaine. This is like, a, I think, like sort of like a, a collection of tweets and stuff. More than 99% of the world still has to wait a month to see the return of Indiana Jones. Thursday at Cannes Film Festival, very lucky attendees got to see the world premiere of Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, along with the cast and crew. Co-writer and director James Mangold was on hand along with Indy himself, Harrison Ford, B.B. Waller-Bridge, Mads Mikkelsen, Boyd Hallbrook, and newcomer Ethan Isidore, all of whom you can see in the photo shoot from the festival above. Which is all well and good, but here's the big question. How's the movie? Did Mangold make Indiana Jones movie worthy of the franchise? Or did the whole cast want to get into the fridge and fly away at the end of the evening? Here are a few of the reactions. Clayton Davis says, says, Redemption. James Mangold redeems Indiana Jones with Dial of Destiny. A farewell to one of the greatest movie characters in cinema history. Action, laughs, charm, just everything that makes him great. Thanks, Harrison Ford and B.B. Waller-Bridge for the ride. So, Clayton Davis, he enjoyed it. So, that's that's good. You know, it's good. It's not all, it's not all negative. Is she going to load? Total film. He didn't, like he didn't he didn't do a review where he goes through it beat by beat and doesn't no. actually say anything until like the very end. <laughs> no, I mean I mean thing. you know, I no, I mean the uh the no the uh the Rolling Stone one just told us what the device was and generally like how it works, so we kind of know what what the, the, the thing is and, and what the, Disney was hiding this whole time, which was stupid. Um 
Anyways, though, Total Films says Harrison Ford's Last Sentence Indiana Jones is a terrific thrill ride. And then you could read that uh, total review. And so they call it a terrific thrill ride. So that's that's good. So that's more positive. So after the Rolling Stone one, Adam review says Indiana Jones dialed Destiny review. Instant classic. Harrison Ford's career best. Arousing adventure that shows this old man still has the great mm-hmm. libido. Not just another indie film. It's one of the best movies ever. Not just another indie film. It's one of the best movies ever. A fitting end to his journey while setting up with this. This Adam fucking really liked it. So better than Critters too. Hey, nothing's. I mean, like it was Leonardo, right? Um, And that really hot chick that unfortunately (laughs) died three years later in a car accident. You're too old for Leonardo. Um, Irish Times. Time. <laughs> not if he had a dial. De- not, Leo wants to dial Destiny so he could go back, save her, and date her before she's 25. All right. Um, catch her if a, you can, right? A. That's the movie. Catch her. <laughs> catch her if you can. There was, there was this little hot chick. She was about 24, and she fell into a bowl of butter, and she turned that butter. <laughs> I like watching her turn she that butter. Real hot. She's just doing she it. Turned, yeah. She, she <laughs> and she turned back the wheels of time. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Irish Times. As everybody everybody knows about Irish Times, they're really important. Indiana Jones and Dial Destiny review. Pierre Hokum of the cheesiest hue. Fuck. Called it Hokum. All right. Fucking Irish Times. Thought you like the party. Indiana Jones and Dial Destiny. At long last, I know it became a Mutt Williams. I could finally be at peace. So. And then. Vietnam, right? Uh, we don't know. Um, well, I really liked Indiana Jones. So. All right. Well, we got every other prediction right so far. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm, I'm going to assume we got that one right, too. Fab- Fabrice. I, I I don't know, man. You know, retour, totalement, gagnant. Yeah. So uh, they said, uh, um, it's it's really cool, dude. But I was eating nachos the whole time, crunching in my own ears, and I couldn't hear shit. So I got to see it again. I think that's what it actually says. All right. Come on, you you can load, you piece of shit. All right. Really said that? No. Um, oh. it was it was like an Italian or something. Um, Robin at cons. Oh, I Robin um, Robin Film Dust says, first things first, Phoebe Baller Bridge was born to lead this franchise into the future. She's perfectly cast. And oh my god, Harrison Ford. It's about time he received his well-deserved Oscar. Why not for this beautiful performance? James Mangold has crafted a stunning action adventure. That captures the spirit of this of Spielberg's films, but also adds additional layers to give Indy an emotional farewell that feels sincere and deserved. A blockbuster created with the utmost care. I really liked it. Really loved it, even. So, you know, and um, you know, so that's mostly positive stuff on on this um, sample. So. He says, we're continuing to add reactions as they come in and more reactions will roll in Friday when the film screens against again at the festival. And then that's it. 
The wait continues leading up to June 30th and risk of Indiana Jones and Dial Destiny. So, so that one right there. Then I thought maybe we would do one more real quick, a real fast one. And um, this one's from Empire. And the reason why I thought we might want to look at the Empire one is Empire is uh, kind of gets a bit of favoritism from Lucasfilm. Not necessarily against EW and stuff like that, but they do get their exclusive images from Star Wars projects and from Jones. Indiana Jones. No, no, and and no, and that's why I'm saying if they say something negative in this, I think they probably really mean it. Oh. I mean, I might be wrong. Sound this logic. is just it's Sound just a theory. Logic. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just a theory. It's a Star though. Wars theory. <laughs> So uh, I think they should have taken Indiana Jones and made him a General Grievous, right? And then the little kid could have been Hayden Christensen DH to Revenge of the Sith, right? And then she could have been he finds the Millennium Falcon, and then he goes in and then he goes and saves Han Solo, and then they both team up to defeat the Kylo Rans and the evil bitch of the galaxy, Ray's stupid Skywalker. You know? <laughs> but instead, I got yeah. this bait-and-switch Indiana Jones movie. Okay. In 1944, archaeologist Indiana Jones retrieves one half of the Antikythera, an ancient dial built by Archimedes from the hands of Nazi scientist Baller. In 1969, Indy's goddaughter, Helena, teams up with the adventure to track down the other half and potentially change history forever. It's not the years, as someone once put it. It's the mileage. Indiana Jones was feeling the mileage from his first adventure in 1981's Raiders of the Lost Ark and the and in the Dial of Destiny, purportedly his last outing, he's feeling the years too. That seems to be the driving force behind this fifth installment of the most beloved of adventure series. What happens when even the most indestructible hero runs out of road? All of the iconic characters Harrison Ford has dusted off in recent years, Indiana Jones, tenured professor of archaeology, who never worried too much about getting his hands dirty seems to be uh, seem, seems to be the one he has the most fun playing. There's real rugged grinning affection in Ford's now five performances, and a real joy in seeing him back in the fedora and leather jacket and leather gimp suit. Ford may also have been conscious too that the previous attempt at Swan Song 2008 Barbara Streisand in the house. <laughs> yeah. You know, if you guys watch that Barbara Streisand video, though, she's calling him the F word, not fuck. Yeah. The other one. Yeah. No, um, that's not didn't, how I like to hear it. Didn't quite hit the mark. Enough good stuff in it to feel um, almost underrated. By the way, did you remember, Rob, that we played that on the show like a, like a long time ago? We watched it on the show. The uh, Barbara Streisand video with Carrie Fisher. And uh, from I Temple forgot. of Doom. Yeah. Yeah, we did. Um, but anyways, but enough silly stuff. The gophers, the aliens, the fridge. Um, I, I like how the the, uh, the aliens is silly, but a fucking time machine dial. That's cool. Um, to fill the need for one last crack of the course correcting whip or some fucking stones and voodoo uh, dolls. You know, I like how a cup that Jesus fucking like drank out of somehow like gives you unlimited fucking health and heals all wounds. Yeah, I don't know. Like, well, what do you what do you think what do you think G Jesus's urinal would do? All right, it was, it was worth asking. If the cup does that, I mean, you know. Um, to fill the need of one last crack of the course correcting whip. <laughs> for this, I mean, what we got in the Barbra Streisand and in the Gimp suit, I just figured, what's next? Uh, for Jesus this, for real, Rob. He's totally real. 
You better, you're, you're gonna find out one day. You know, <laughs> if he is, I'm gonna be like, what was with all that dodgy secret stuff? Like, like why? Where, where, where were you though? I like it when oh. people tell me God doesn't like child killers. I'm like, he literally made a kid just to kill it. Like, mm-hmm. like that's the whole. He's like, you know, I'm so bored. I'm gonna make a kid just to kill him. That's my whole yeah. plan. Yeah. I mean, but also like, why would I mean? I'm gonna be honest with you. If God's real, He doesn't care. He don't give a shit about anything because He doesn't. Um, for this first Spielberg list outing, just like the aliens, they're not they're not here to save us either. You know, they don't give a shit. <laughs> right. We're, we're on yeah. our own, guys. Like we're fucking doing this. My quarter's like. What did I walk into? Uh oh. <laughs> uh, hey man, look, if we're gonna if we're gonna get into theological fucking beliefs and shit, you know, with Indiana yeah. Jones, I'm just saying, like, come on, folks, come on, you know. Right. But one time I did get saying cars stoned. That's a fact. All right, for this first Spielberg less outing, all the hallmarks of the series are there as you'd hope them to be, lovingly preserved like archaeological treasures. There is an ingenious and elaborate booby-trapped cave system. There is a throwback. Yeah, I know. And once again, they're going to go all the callbacks. Well, where's fucking short round, motherfucker? He's not here. Yeah, it's not all Just, not all the callbacks. Yeah. I mean, I would take short round over Sala fucking a hundred times. Just saying. Um, and there are, close, dude. And there are, yeah, there are plenty of Nazis ready for the punch-in. But there is also some sadness and regret. And man, out of time. Finally running out of time and surveying the ruins of his life. A tone that sometimes feels unusually somber for this kind of blockbuster. Dial of Destiny has all the showdown. Oh, okay, whatever. They don't like Crystal Skull. That may be the hand of director James Mangold, a film director, or sorry, a filmmaker who has some understanding of making a bittersweet genre pick about a beloved pop culture icon in the twilight of his years. He because uh, of Logan. He moves confidently through action set pieces after action set piece, which let's not forget. That's what Indiana Jones basically really supposed to be doing. Um, supposed to be really, really funny with a lot of good action set pieces, keeping up a, now, a frantic pace. Mm-hmm. I do want to say, Jason, uh, in my, in my critique of the last, I love the last crusade. Mm-hmm. I gotta be honest with you. The part I can't fucking stand other than, you know what they did to uh, Marcus. But I'm mm-hmm. saying sequence-wise, the whole scene is Indiana Jones pretending with the tapestries and the Scottish bit. It's mm-hmm. not Indiana Jones. Not oh, Indiana come on. That was fun. The Indiana Jones of Raiders of the Lost Ark is, ain't doing that bullshit, bro. Mm-hmm. He's not doing that. That's some bullshit shtick. It's a not different good. man. He's seen it's some not things. Good. Oh, come on. When his dad shoots the tail and he's like, I'm afraid they got us, son. It's great. Sure, um, but the tapestries. Oh, the, the, the tapestries. No, no, it's not. It's not good. Took me out when I was a kid. I was like, "What the hell are they doing?" <laughs> it took you out because they said Mickey Mouse. I, I think you were like Mickey Mouse. No, no That's man, a- I was watching a lot of shit at that time. I was watching um, Cup. Yeah, Sorry. same. No, but as a kid though, when they see Mickey Mouse, you're like, "What the fuck?" Um, first, though, we flash back to a younger, more self-assured Indy. The film begins as all good Indiana Jones movies should. In barnstorming fashion, in 1944, at the close of World War II, with an only mildly uncanny de-aged Harrison Ford battling the Nazis, he's aided by fellow academic Basil Shaw, filling in the bumbling Brit role previously occupied by Denholm Elliott. I don't know, man. Marcus didn't really go anywhere with him until later on. 
Um, as they attempt to retrieve the lance of Longus, the blade that pierced Jesus. But another more intriguing artifact catches their eye, the Antikythera, which the Nazis are particularly interested in for its godlike powers. Sound familiar? Yeah. Man, she's pretty hot. Um, that opening salvo is terrific and moves at a frantic lick, which makes the um, timeline jump to 1969 all the more impactful. Dr. Jones now lives in a dirt cheap New York apartment on the verge of retirement and self-medicating with booze. He is still like Steve Ditko. He is still a lecturing professor, but only just in a neat contrast to the enamored doe-eyed students of Raiders of the Last Crusade. His students are bored and uninterested. Everyone said like the same kind of like thing right here, like the same paragraph and all of the other reviews I read that I, that we're not talking about today. That's like the same thing. It's like, or I, I, I think there might they might have been informed of some things that they were allowed to write, you know, or suggestions about what they're allowed to write. And into this, like... yeah, onto this unhappy uh, tableau comes his his goddaughter and Basil's daughter, Bibi Waller Bridge, Helena, who sets him off on one last quest to find the other half of the Antikythera and maybe find the spark of adventure he once had. This is not an adventure. Jones actually insists at one point. Waller Bridge is superb for her part. If Ford is the cranky, ill-tempered hero, she is the witty, sharp-tongued cynic, like Karen Allen's Marion in the first film, a Howard Hawking, Hawksian woman. Hawksian. Hawksian. You talk then, like this, how you doing? Yeah. Hot yeah. down, yeah, Jones. I don't say that. Wheels of time. Gonna go. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, like. So, yeah. uh, do you ever see that aviator movie when what's her face? Oh, the uh, the uh, that that's that's a transatlantic, transatlantic, the transatlantic yeah. Indiana Jones and the transatlantic adventure in time, right? Yeah, he he goes back in time and it turns out that uh, Kate Kate Blanchett's alive and she it's that character now naturally, haircut. yeah, she's pretty hot. The haircut, mm-hmm. uh, I naturally, like the, the Nazis are also on the case. As Jürgen Waller, Mads Mikkelsen is enjoyably hissable. He is, of course, Hollywood's favorite accent for hire, though this is a thoroughly nasty Nazi, one whose racism and arrogance isn't downplayed. Still bitter about past conflicts. You didn't win the war, he snarls at the American at one point. Hitler lost. Um... Yeah, whatever, you fucking Nazi logic there. <laughs> it doesn't escape the sometimes wobbly politics that the series has sometimes been accused of. The return of John Rhys Davies, a white Welshman, as the Egyptian character Sala, feels needlessly thoughtless choice in 2023. And the globe trotting can occasionally fill a bit MacGuffin by numbers, but must find the thing which leads to the map which will help find the other thing. See, but that's the whole... See, that right there is exactly... The MacGuffin, like, doesn't necessarily really matter. It's the action that they're able to put into that. That's the whole point. The MacGuffin's like... That is the whole reason why these Mission Impossible movies are great, Jason. mm -hmm. Because it's not the fucking MacGuffin. It's the Mm -hmm. adventure. No, but that's, that's right. but but that's what a MacGuffin is. Is it like like the MacGuffin in Pulp Fiction? It doesn't matter what's in the briefcase. 
doesn't fucking right. matter. It's the excuse for the fucking thing. And so, so, I like so my think it's Popeye. It's a Popeye's chicken sandwich. That, <laughs> yeah, that sounds, that sounds pretty good one. right now. Actually, the I fucked that up right one. now. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, so what I'm trying to say is like, is this a symptom of the action actually not being good enough that people are paying attention to that, or are they? Is it just that it we are so not really sophisticated, but believe we're so sophisticated that we are above it now? You know, that's what I wonder. But anyways, everyone thinks they're a master of story structure and every, you know, they all think they can write. Yeah. Until until they have to write one. And then they're like, oh, good job, stupid. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like, yeah. yeah. Look, that's yeah. why, like, even though I give my critique, I always tell people, they go, well, Rob, why don't you write a script? I'm not a fucking screenplay writer, man. I know screenplay writers. It's, it's not easy. You know, it's not oh. easy. So that's why when I'm like, when dudes are getting paid millions of dollars, the the best of the writers should should be the ones working on it. You know, mm -hmm. not not uh, my buddy's best <laughs> friend. You know, like a dude I knew once. We were we went together at fucking the USC and we're buddies, and you know we kind of like the same stuff. So he helped me out. You know, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And um, before I go on with the uh, with the uh, review, Brandon says I don't really care about the critics' reviews. I'm still really excited for Indy Five. Oh yeah, no, no, same. Um, I, I, I don't really think that like you know my connection to it when I see it is what ultimately matters to to me. I don't really care if everybody likes it or doesn't like it, you know. And, and you shouldn't, you know. Like ninety five percent of the movies that I actually watch are movies that most of you guys would hate that my that nobody else likes, but Greasy me. Greasy Strangler. I mean, um, After Sun was the best movie last year. Nobody's fucking watched it. Nobody will see it. Nobody wants Hell to. Hell no. And no, um, no. it's best movie. It was the that was the best film I saw last year, though. This is where I think you and Snyder would get along. Like mm -hmm. <laughs> that's the movies he wants to scoop, and he has all yeah. the info on. But he gets stuck talking about Indiana Jones and Star Wars, you know. But however, me being the man that I am, I can like After Sun and Return of the Jedi. You know what I mean? I'm uh, I'm yeah. able to. I, I I come more out of a out of a, a a punk rock ethos of you can make something very simple or, or very good you know as, as long as yeah. as long as there's this idea that anybody can 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 do it and that's the one thing I always felt isn't really punk about Star Wars now but was always punk about Star Wars is that like George Lucas kind of has had in every man quality to him at the time that he made that movie and then he fucking dreamed that up when and that's made. still like yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, he obviously becomes the studio as time goes on, right? But, but, um, 100%. but, but it does have, there is sort of a punk thing with the guy like swindling the movies back out of, you know, from the studio and shit like that. Like, uh, I like that stuff. But that's Andor has that. That's what I was trying to say. Like, Andor feels mm -hmm. like Lucas after THX 1138 and right before American Graffiti, you know? Yeah. I mean, he still had it after American Graffiti, but I think like, the Americana nostalgic part of American well, ends up in Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I feel like Andor's sort of punk in that they I feel like they kind of tricked Disney into making this thing. Yeah. And it's like and it's out. And there's nothing you can do about it now. Like that's I, I like just, that stuff. Just but. think about like really quick, just think about like when we're with uh Nitwit Incel Dude mm -hmm. and he's in that bureaucracy on Coruscant, right? Mm -hmm. Just watch how it feels like you're in this like you're in like a almost terry gillum like scenario there right like brazil 
you know, but like uh, through the lens of THX one one three eight, like it's a real bureaucracy. And then you see that exact same like location in Mando season three, and you're like, yeah, that's not the same fucking thing. <laughs> this feels like Galactic Starship or me talking to Disney employees at Star Tours, you know, like the Mando version of it. <laughs> yeah. Totally l- l- listen to uh, Dave's story here. We were supposed to see Popeye, and my dad got Ooh. tickets for Raiders instead. Didn't realize it until we walked into the actual theater. I was eight and angry until the movie started. <laughs> yeah, that, I that's... do watch Popeye <coughs> once a year, though, man. I do. I, I, I don't watch it once a year, but I'll put every now and then I'll see it somewhere I... on and I'll watch it. Yeah, it's well, not I'm good but... because no, but, but, but there's there's the making. So it's a giant real set. Like that that fucking whole thing still yeah. exists. You can go there now into Malta, and it's still there. Like it's a res- like you can go and it, it, so that's real seawater. When they're in a building shooting out, that's not a back. That's the real place. So that's that's what's amazing to me. One and two, they're really singing on set. You know, like that's yeah. like uh, what's that? Um, what was what's that thing with schmamboozle schmam schmigadoon schmigadoon right with uh the thing on apple tv like like it's like a musical with uh keegan mm. alan key he's in there right and like yeah. and the thing is everyone's actually singing into a microphone on okay. set yeah there's no adr you know and like there is a giant difference you know yeah so and it's got music you know that Popeye has with what's that henry nilson right it's got that nilson and put the lime in the coconut so like I don't know, man. Like well, he never saw it, dude. Great movie. He never saw it, dude. He had to go see Raiders. I know. I know. I know. I'm, I'm just kidding. He got, he got <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy. He was got Kathleen Kennedy. Right? He did. He got yeah. <laughs> yeah. He got Kennedy <laughs> yeah. early on. But visually speaking, man, you got yeah. it. Like nothing looks like Popeye because they really shot that. Like you can't fake seawater. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's something. Like that's what I love about Jaws. Like when they're really in the water, you just something totally different about it. Oh, you know, you know how. You, um, uh, Mama Doma says I used to watch Last Crusade once a year as a kid. Definitely my favorite. Yeah, you, you know what? Like last time I watched it, what really made me cringe is when he's meeting um, what's her name? Uh, what's her name? Not uh, Allison Duty. And and he, and he's like, he wants to put the flowers out. Do you permit me? And they do like that whole thing. That's where I'm like, that's not fucking Indiana Jones, man. He'd be like, come here, Dane. You know, I'm joking, but kind of. It was just a little bit. It was a little too fucking old timey romance, but it doesn't work. And it's the delivery felt like a like a, like an outtake. Um, Critical says Fast X is actually great, best since uh, Fast Five for me. So yeah, cool. I I, I think it's going to be cool. I think it's going to be a fun du- like dumbass fun movie, like for sure. But you know, an Indiana Jones. I only like the first one. Good. Sorry, but, I, I know. You know. I tried. I want. I love that. I love the idea of a heist and over the top. Uh, but uh, there's something about the I don't know, it's just, dude. On the fucking Universal tour, when he fucking shows up in 3D, he looks so fucking stupid, but it makes me uh, so Vin happy. Diesel? Yeah, he's so fucking dumb, dude. He's like such a 3D. fucking idiot. Yeah, he, he's like, come on, guys, you know, and like, like, he's like, you know, you're working for the family now and shit. Is yeah, it's it's really dumb. I, I'm like, like every time I see it, like I'm fucking laughing, and everybody else is just like looking at it drooling though nobody else thinks it's funny so just me but um yeah all right let's go back to the uh, review and finish this up um does it work though this is from empire online in a way what crystal skulls in, in a way that crystal skulls climax didn't sort of it depends on if you're willing to go with it 
This is a series that has always gestured towards fantasy. It was conceived by Spielberg and Lucas as a homage to the beloved 1940 serials, cinema as pulp. And this bold as brass ending fits comfortably into the, that tradition. Importantly, it feels true to Indy as a character. In the end, it seems to suggest it wasn't about the fortune and glory at all, but finding your own little corner of history. And Indy, one way or another, has found it. So Indy's final date with Destiny has a barmy finale that might divide audiences. But if you join him for the ride, it feels like a fitting goodbye to cinema's favorite grave robber. So... <laughs> belongs in a museum that just sounds Indiana bad Jones and the fitting grave rock <laughs> yeah is, i love that i did not see that ending coming like, yeah <laughs> it's right. weird but <laughs> this is good yeah you got me but i'm gonna i'm gonna see it you know i'm gonna see that i'm gonna see this movie and then i'm gonna no actually no now i'm not gonna see it i read the reviews i'm not seeing it I'm just gonna dream oh, about shit. it for a long time and then never see it. No, um, I I think that we Rob and I were talking before, and I'm like, you know, it's uh this is the the last. I believe this is actually the last Harrison Ford Indiana Jones movie, and it's funny because this is the third time they sold us Harrison Ford's last Indiana Jones movie, and uh, here third we time. are, third time, three fucking times we bought the last Indiana Jones movie. Two previous times, this would mm-hmm. be the third time. And then there, for some people, who don't this pay is attention. this is the third time, yeah. And um, but with all all of that said, like like I think there will be more Indiana Jones movies. There will be somebody else will play Indiana Jones. They will just James Bond it. There's just no way Disney's going to be like nah, unless this movie comes out and like bombs really, really, really hard. It'll take a long time, but it'll still happen. But I think if this movie does fairly well, is is profitable. And stuff like that. I would imagine we see Indiana Jones um, stuff come back, and we see more. And uh, from what what I you know, we've only seen the the seven minutes and the trailers. But when I all of that stuff, if they wanted to do a um, a one with uh, Elena, they wanted to do a movie with her set in the Indiana Jones universe, and you know, bringing in that those filmmaking mechanics and stuff like that, I would be, I would be all all for it. Raiders of so. the Cold War, and uh, yeah, and and I, I I believe that Harrison Ford is out for good, just because even if he wanted to, by the time it gets out of the next development hell and then becomes a thing, he will likely not be in movies anymore. He's in his eighties now, so it's like he may even want to do it again. You know, what I mean? it would be embarrassing if he did. Obviously, if he continued to fucking do this, it's already kind of ridiculous. But I, I I believe he is out. But I also believe that we will be seeing an Indiana Jones movie within ten years. You know, another one with somebody else. And it's not it's not Bradley Cooper, and it's not fucking the Star Lord. It's going to yeah, be some other guy who's Shyamalan. No, it's going to be some other guy who's 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 between twenty five and thirty. You know, at the Shyamalan, time when they, he'll, when you know, will get burned out. He'll disappear, and then he'll come back because he'll need the money. And uh, Shyamalama Ding Dong. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, everyone loves that fucking waif. So I'm like, it'll be that guy. Yeah, I don't think he's a genius fucking actor, no. but whatever. I I not, I barely believe it. in genius actors, to be honest with you. 
Read the fucking lines. Well, Shut the fuck up. I, I, I direct you to the stylings of Steve Gutenberg, my friend. You mm-hmm. know, like, <laughs> no one else has pulled off you know what? money since. You know? when, 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 when fucking Daniel Day-Lewis does a Steve Gutenberg movie at the Gutenberg level, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll believe yeah. it at that point. I'll be like, yeah, you can do anything, but... I'm not seeing him do that. I'm saying, look, if if Daniel J. Lewis's final film is a police academy reboot, then I stand mm-hmm. corrected. Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> okay, how about this? Daniel J. Lewis plays everybody in police academy, like the Back to the Future Part Two. Yeah, it, you know, yeah. like the split screens. He's Mahoney. He's Tackleberry. He's you know. That's so good. We should deep fake that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it would look like a deep fake if he did that, right? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you, yeah. Yeah, I think that would work. Get him canceled over playing Hightower. It'd be great. But uh, oh, anyways, right? that's, that's how it goes. Uh, I'm still laughing at fucking, what's his name from Jaws being like, why can't I do blackface? Why can't I take this challenge on? Richard like, Dreyfuss. Like, yeah, Richard Dreyfuss. Yeah. Why is, what, what are you doing, Richard Dreyfuss? Why are you? See, he had to drop Shakespeare, you know what I mean? Like, because most people won't know what the fuck he's talking about. Is so anybody like, asking? Re- is anybody asking? What he's really he, saying is why he play can't play the Sammy. Yeah, 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 yeah. He really, he's really saying is why can't he play the Sammy Davis Jr. character in Ocean's Eleven? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, it's yeah, it's wild. Othello, what Shakespeare has that motherfucker ever been in? Like, I'm just, I'm yeah. waiting for the. The Shakespeare. I would like to see Richard Dreyfuss try iambic pentameter, like just once. Oh, you know, <laughs> you, you know, you got, you know, what about Bob Hamlet? <laughs> you know, that's <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about, dude? Now hold on, Keanu Reeves wasn't much about to do much do about nothing. Oh right? God, like, he. <laughs> I, 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 brilliant. I had a. I brilliant. think that was the one in in uh, high school where my I, my teacher showed us that to be like, yeah, here's how you do it wrong. You know, but he, but they're also like, here's Maybe. what it looks like when somebody does it wrong. Made, and, uh, made uh, three musketeers look pretty good, doesn't it? Yeah, I, told you. I mean, I, told you. I stand by that. But, film. but for some reason, I'm okay with him in Dracula. You know, I mean, that's I know that's not Shakespeare, but I mean, I he sticks out like a sore like thumb. That armor. I give a fuck less mm-hmm. about the story of Dracula. I don't know. I like, like that. I wanted that war movie. I wanted them to whatever that movie started with. I was like, just do that. Yeah, I don't need all this other shit. You know, I I, I liked I, I liked when um when um the the uh, chick from Beetlejuice and Lucy kissed in Dracula. Remember that? That was fun. Yeah, it was like a twelve like year old. I was like, all right, <laughs> the, let's uh, Winona Ryder. Let's do on it. On the upside, mm-hmm. on the upside, that movie did give us Mike Mignola's adaptation of Dracula, which is really great comic book man. Like mm. seriously good. Yeah, I I like that Dracula. I mean. I, I kind of like the uh, like Christopher Lee like Hammer more pulpy kind of like corny Dracula films, but that is like the best Dracula movie. You know when you really get down to it, if you I think anyway. Monster Squad's pretty good. <laughs> Monster Squad is pretty good, but let's let's be honest, yeah. that's not a Dracula movie. That's Dracula and Friends. Um, Jonesy Dracula says Avengers. Never trust movie critics. Jaws, Titanic, Casablanca, Godfather Part Two, Inception, Gladiator, at all. I don't know about God. All yeah. Bad reviews are are. Great flakes. Movie taste is all individual opinions and taste. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, I, I, I under, I'm kind of, I'm, I am with you on that. I still have to see Indiana Jones and make up my own fucking mind on that one, right? But at the same time, it's not like critics aren't useful. They, they sometimes make bad calls. They sometimes misunderstand a, a movie, but the misunderstandings generally happen when a paradigm shift has occurred. And 
I'm just going to throw it out there. I don't think the Indiana Jones movie is a paradigm shift. It's more just like, right. you know what I mean? So it, it's like, but you know, if something new came out that was just like people going, this is unbelievable. And all the critics were saying it was bad. I'm like, oh, a paradigm shift has occurred and Speed the critics Racer. haven't caught up, you know, Speed Racer, that, that's, that's their, that's their best movie by far. I mean, I, I like Speed Racer better Bound than, than the Matrix. I agree, but Bound is mm -hmm. pretty good, dude. Bound yeah, the first Matrix and Speed Racer. I, I I have a theory that is like so dumb, but I think Speed Racer bombed because of the helmet that he wears. I think if the helmet that Speed Racer wore wasn't like all throwbacky and like it looked fucking cool, I think it might help the movie like in the in the marketing. But that's just me. Also, not for nothing. I like I like it though. Best. He's probably the weakest actor in that movie. Mm -hmm. To be honest with you, he wasn't yeah. the best casting that particular dude. Yeah. You know, like I hate to say it, but had they gotten like Shia LaBeouf or someone at that time, it might have done better. You know, right. like someone who was like having fun, he was like trying to look cool. I know, you know, like you remember Tron Legacy, like that dude, where'd he go? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I love Speed Racer though, like, I, I think it's um, one of the like truly like on tapped things in hollywood that they need to crack if they want to make boatloads of money because it's just there it's just waiting and i really and they, thought uh mm -hmm. jack from lost in that movie was fantastic like at mm -hmm. that time when that movie came out i was like this guy should be super yeah as, as a racer x yeah. yeah he was way more charismatic than the lead dude i'm not saying that dude emil hirsch can't act Tyron. i'm just saying that movie was the weakest part of it like like when john goodman's like fighting the ninjas it's way more entertaining than anything emil hirsch is doing in that movie but i also like, don't think that the movie didn't connect because of him i think that like they just failed right. to convince people and to, and to adequately inform people about what it was you know and they didn't like if you had the marketing today where you know, like you know like Oppenheimer's like you have to see it in IMAX. Speed Racer was a movie you should have seen in IMAX. Fucking blow mm -hmm. your mind. Yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, like like yeah, Oppenheimer is going to be a, a good movie, but and and I I know it's going to be like something that's going to be like cool to see, but also is Oppenheimer going to be a movie where you're like, wow, that was really good, and then you're just like, I never need to look at that again. Is it going to be one of those or not? I, I I'm to I'm say curious. With dramas, man. 19, right like dunkirk did a lot too you know? <laughs> like fucking what the fucking uh that la that that fucking spielberg lincoln movie man that shit was boring as shit and i'm getting a, a hand job and that's all i remember from the movie that was the best part that's why daniel day lewis is on my brain i'm like, i need a hand job but uh <laughs> Look, like, yeah. we know what twice brain you're talking about <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah sure but uh, but anyways, yeah. When when Indiana Jones comes out, me and Rob will obviously do an episode, and we'll 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 talk about our all of our Indiana Jones feelings on it. I I, I tend to be like you know how the reviews were saying though, like if if you go with it, and th that's how I I feel about um th these movies. Is I'm like yes, I am willing to go with you. Let's go. And that it's only when I when I say yes, let's go, let's do this because I'm clearly very enthusiastic about what Lucasfilm generally has done, and and but then when they like give me a willow, that I'm like, fuck you, hey, fuck you guys. You I'm know? the guy, and mm -hmm. I stand by this. Who said the fourth Indiana Indiana Jones film should be Indiana Jones and the War of the Worlds? Mm -hmm. I thought they should have took the 1950s Orson Welles War of the Worlds bit and mixed Indiana Jones into it 
and give us yeah. an alien saucer invasion. Just give us an alternate because we're not we're already with Indiana Jones. We're in alternate history anyway. Like I don't care what anyone right. says. Yeah, yeah, no, and that's that's one of that's one of those one of those kinds of concepts. Like like the the Darabont draft of Indy for um, the problem with that one was it just did not take into account that Harrison Ford was old. That people weren't going to buy him doing all of the same stuff he used to do, you know, that, that kind of shit. But like, if if you if you, they hadn't made it right then, like in like 1991 or whatever, like just having the, the world of worlds thing having been real with Indiana Jones having stopped it, yeah, that's a fun movie right there. And, and yeah, yeah, and, and um, um, I, I remember um, Spielberg saying like he saw Roland em- Emmerich's film, which was Independence Day, and he was like, well, we can't do that now. And it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, but then you did it anyway. But then you did well. But then not, you did it anyway. But kind of. I like Tom yeah. Cruise, but that like no. setting it oh, in okay. the fifties is a better idea than no, setting no. it in two thousand one. You know? No, what what that what that means, Rob, is no no aliens showing up and zapping the buildings and stuff like that. Like like that's what Spielberg was getting at, and that's what Roland Emmerich was doing in Independence Day. But I'm also like. Number one, the the way that it and, and then he did War of the Worlds, obviously, like itself, and then did that too. But it's like, you know, it just when Spielberg does it, it's different than when Roland Emmerich does it. And it's like no one would have ever even have thought that Indiana Jones and UFOs had anything to do with Independence Day. Like people wouldn't have made that that right. connection. It was really weird. Like I don't know if he's just trying to like throw a bone to a homie by saying that. You know what I mean? Like, well, they still could have got that nuclear explosion. Imagine if they had dropped a nuclear bomb on the yeah. aliens in that one. And you still, you still get that visual too. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, um, Crystal Skull does take into to to account his age, but then it does stupid shit where it has him like kind of being Spider Man with the with the whip. So it does a little bit of both, and when and it cuts and to silhouette, right? You like know, warehouse, right? Wait, what do you mean? Like it cuts the silhouette when he's swinging with the oh oh he goes oh yeah the yeah silhouette CGI yeah. double yeah and you're like okay like yeah yeah so I mean yeah so so that, that's where I'm I'm a, a kind of kind of of two minds on on some of it but I honestly don't like the Darabont draft and I, I love Frank Darabont I, I and I think Darabont could have actually got the movie into a a good place had they stayed the course with him but they they didn't and I, I from I don't know if anything's changed, but uh, I don't. At that point, Spielberg or um, Lucas and Dermont were estranged after that that one, and after the movie came out, and he saw certain sequences like the ants and stuff that he put in his show up. But um, you, you knew that was going to happen, like in modern Hollywood, when you run into these things, and they usually have five writers that come through. Dude, and how sequences crazy would over. have been? Mm-hmm. How crazy would have been if the if the final film was a like let's say you had the war of the worlds and then they make one more and it's like one of those saucers ended up in like antarctica and it's another remake of the thing from another world Indiana Jones <laughs> and the thing you know what i mean you could sort of like get the spielbergian take on because you're already invoking howard hawks anyway you know what i mean and like doing like the final one with indy i could imagine indy being in antarctica you know like wanting to get away from the world you know, like yeah. archaeologically <laughs> digging up fucking UFOs out in the snow and shit. Like, well, yeah, that's that's like the the question that you know we seemingly know how this goes out. You know, based off of the the reviews, but when they do continue Indiana Jones in the future, you know, like do they when they go forward, do they just 
not really acknowledge other things and just just keep making the adventures you know out of sort of like james bond does where it's just like here's the adventure it doesn't really matter what happens at the end you know he learns a lesson or something but then it doesn't really matter when we get to the next one or do you reboot or do you, you know and i i really don't know what the right answer is because i don't like the idea of of uh rebooting but i also love the idea of continuing indiana jones concepts and with other people and stuff like that because nothing's going to take these original films away so do whatever the fuck you want you know with with going forward or doing more that that's my take like we're gonna, i mean i go see like the fucking mummy or something like that and then i see that i'm like this would have been better if this made it in an in indiana jones film and use that shit so it's like you know i i don't think anything's sacred not when uh you know disney owns it so i'm like just fucking make whatever you want do ha, fucking turn that shit out let, let, let's uh, have fun but at the same time um I, I still think uh, if this one's successful, it'll take a few years for them to reboot it. I think that they kind of, ha or continue it um, with somebody else just doing films in a different era. Cause they, they have it. I think they will have it easy though, because like, you know, Ford's going to, you know, I think he's going to be retiring from Hollywood after he does those Marvel movies. Most likely I was hearing he was going to retire. Yeah. This is one film. Yeah. Yeah, well, that what was hilarious about that was he was telling everybody he was going to retire with this film. That's what he was saying. And and, and just before D23, that's what was being said. And then that's when they were, oh, I guess, talking about that. With a truck full of cash, Jason. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I get to be the red goddamn Hulk. I'm in. Yeah. As long as I get that green money. <laughs> so. I get to look like Lou Ferrigno. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he, he still believes that he thinks he's gonna look gonna, gonna paint him up like like you get to wear red clothes. slippers <laughs> moving slow motion yeah say what you want about that she hulk show dude when they did the homage to the 70s hulk tv show and got like a dude like you know the, the she hulk room? i thought that shit was fucking brilliant you know like yeah i'm like that's the kind of fucking easter egg and i want to see where they recaptured the chromatic aberration in the film grain and you know put a person in costume and shit i thought that was cool so D darren no not really darren darren says disney is in trouble <laughs> cutting shows viewership is down on disney plus they have dumped the galactic star cruiser epic failure more and more yeah. people are turning off over recent disney content yeah no. we watched little mermaid open to three billion fucking dollars dude like, it's it is Come look on, guys. It, it, it's um <laughs> right right now after, after this moment it, i'm not saying that this is what it's gonna be but at this moment right now little mermaid is looking to be the biggest movie of the summer i think um in terms of the the early like people of buying it ain't my cup of tea but it but yeah it will be dude when i was in the theater last what did i go see i went to go see mario just saw mm -hmm. mario in 3d right they played the 3D version of that Little Mermaid track. Fucking people were like, oh, my God. This yeah. is in the middle of Idaho, bro. Mm -hmm. You know, like, they never yeah. speak during the trailers. So. Yeah. It's it, it's it's going to be complete garbage. It's going to be a bunch of um, new renditions and of high-quality versions of the songs you know from the original movie sang by the cast of American Idol, basically. That's what it's going to I would prefer like. a CGI remake if you were going to do it, you know, mm -hmm. like with extended sequences or some new shit. But yeah, and I don't care whether you change the character's race or I give a shit less. It's a fucking fish person. But um, 
I just don't believe in live action versions of cartoons. Like I don't like live action anime. You know, I mean, like, yeah, I don't want live action Mario. I don't want live action Zelda. I don't want live action Beauty and the Beast. I don't fucking want live action Aladdin. I'm an animation dude, so yeah, you know, yeah, I, I would rather they just you know make Phantom of the Opera a Disney movie or some shit. You know what I mean? Fan, I don't know. Phantom of the what was the one with what was the musical that Brian De Palma did? Phantom of the Paradisia was that was that? Mm. I don't know. The the rock the rock opera he did with uh, mm-hmm. Sh- Williams, the fucking dude, Paul Williams, mm. Phantom, the Phantom of the Parad, the Paradise, but, Phantom of the Paradise. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't see it. I didn't see it. That's right up your fucking alley. Mm-hmm. That movie. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll watch it. I'll watch anything. Um, what years are from? Like seventy four or something, or is it like later? Yeah, 72, yeah. 73. 72? And yeah. like, yeah, and it's got that, I, I loosely got know that vibe. It. Like, if mm-hmm. you had to make me watch Rocky Horror or Phantom of the Paradise, Phantom of the Paradise every fucking day. Oh man. come on, Rocky Horror is great though. Yeah, it's, it's not really my thing. Yeah. I love yeah. it. I love it. It's good. It's, Phantom of Paradise the, is better. Yeah, the, uh, the uh, songs. It's better. Um, Phantom of Paradise is better. But the uh, thing, Darren, that they're doing is um, the cutting of the shows. So, so what's happening there is we assume that Bob Iger is doing the Zaz Lab. Apparently, Bob Iger and Zaz Lab are hitting the strip clubs together and fucking becoming the best of friends. And <laughs> Zaz, I mean, for not, I was about to say for better or worse, but for worse, Zaz Lab has changed the industry. And they're all, all right. and they're all like, okay, if we all do the same thing, it's going to be better for us. So what's happened is, for instance, Willow, complete piece of dog shit, comes out, hits Disney Plus, just does what it does. If they leave it there, they don't. They don't. They're not, it's, no one's watching it, so it's not really doing anything. But the people who do watch it, they have to pay re- residuals on. It's just not just not worth it. So they're just fucking pulling it off, and then shafting everybody. I mean, like uh, fuck you, Warwick Davis and friends. I think they should sell it to Tubi so they can just pay residuals. Well, on Tubi's fucking pocket. Like, well, here's the here's here's what what I believe uh, Zaslav did was they created a new uh, sort of like Tubi kind of like um, channel where you could watch their ghettoed content with ads. Now that content is making money, but the thing about it is, if I understand this correctly, that's a different deal than the one for HBO. So when they signed the original deal for like, let's say Westworld, Westworld was in their mindsets, always going to be on HBO. HBO's eternal. HBO's never going to take content off. They're about building content. That's what HBO does. So when they have this other deal about what happens when the shit gets shown everywhere else, that's like an afterthought. It's it's lowballed. It's not it's not going to happen. HBO doesn't want to give it up. Right. Well, Zazlav comes in, buys the shit, takes that shit off, doesn't finish it, and throwing it onto this 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 free service uh, with ads. So most likely, that's what they're going to do at Disney. And what they're going to and this uh, what they're doing right now is costing them somewhere. I think I heard a between a billion and a billion point seven million dollars. That's what it's costing them. But let's be real. They wouldn't do something that's going to cost them a billion dollars unless if it was saving them more than a billion dollars at the same time in the big picture. So by removing these things from there, they're going to also be able by saving that money after they they spend it they're gonna be able to see like like, look how much money like look how good disney plus is doing but all of that shit is a fucking game anyways it's none of it's fucking real we don't know what their numbers are 
So the only thing that that's we could actually reason for the strike. <laughs> that's one of the reasons for the strike. Yeah, a really big reason for it. That's like I, all of it's just fucking funny bullshit accounting, and but also like when it comes to um, this kind of stuff, like the Disney company that you know the, the theme parks dump in the Galactic Star Cruiser is a complete different failure in a different subsidiary than the show than Willow getting dropped, for instance. So it's like they're a diversified company. So you're looking at a couple of things that are our failures. They aren't good. Like these are, I'm no, not saying these are good things, spot. but mm-hmm. they're going to take that spot with Galactus Starship and turn that shit into like Ariel's fucking cruise. You know what I mean? Like adventure, make it a $500 a night fucking spot. And then, you know what I mean? Like how about fucking aquariums and shit. How about we just and, drive it into a fucking iceberg and call it the Titanic. But we just do that. Hey, Hey, I'm all for it. They already got mm-hmm. Avatar Land. Let's make Titanic Land. Like, do it. I, I, Titanic Land would actually probably do really fucking well with those fucking idiots who like Dapper Day at Disneyland. Oh, it's Dapper Day, everybody. Look at me. I'm Dapper. Hey, he's like a fucking like asshole. He's like, he's at like least they asshole. bathe. Those are the days people bathe when they go to. The only time, the only, the only time you see that is when they they're like with with whoever they're with is really hot. Then you're like, I, I get why you're going with that shit, and I respect it. <laughs> you know what I mean? How to do it. Yeah. Understand where you're coming from. Women um, like Dapper Day, but but God, they look like a bunch of assholes. Really, truly do. Um, yeah. So I don't. Um, I, I I think that uh, Disney's not in trouble. It's actually a lot of smaller company. Everybody is kind of in the same boat across the board with this stuff. It's not because of some fucking culture war. It's not because of of um, so and so didn't like the Taika Waititi movie or whatever, which made the most money for a Thor movie ever. Made more than the last Thor movie. Um, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> the one everyone like, loves. Like, you yeah. figured that one out. Like, <laughs> but but this this thing that this 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 right here is 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 industry wide, and that's why Iger's looking at Zaslav like you know the way, and because it I I think like a part of it, I I don't want to call like Bob Iger like moral. I don't mean to say that. I think there's certain things Iger would never do first. And Zaslav would fucking do it. And Iger's like, well, you did it. Let's do it. We're, this is this is the standard now. This is how you run a company. I'm doing what I need to do for my stockholders, baby. You know, that's that's where, oh, shit, it's time to go get the kids already? God, what the fuck? All right, everybody. Uh, I'll see everybody um, on Monday. If any big news happens, I'll come back on. And uh, Rob, I got to go. So I won't be talking to you after the show. But uh, I'll, right. I'll message you. And uh, uh, so everybody, uh, have a good weekend. And if anything happens, I'll jump back on. Otherwise, we'll see you guys Monday. Uh, it is Friday. Yeah, it's Friday. All right, I'll see you guys on Monday. Bye, everybody. Bye, Rob. Bye, man.